opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Hello, everyone. This is Artis Bazin, Ivy President, and I welcome you to this coaching session. I hope you learn a lot. I'm going to turn it over to Carla to give the codes for the meeting. Yes, good afternoon. I'm Carla Hayes, and I'm the Vice President of Ivy and also the Convention Coordinator. And in a few seconds, I'm going to give the code. But while you're getting pencils and papers and note takers ready, I just want to remind you, Ivy does have more programming this week. On Tuesday at 2.30, we have podcasting for beginners. At 4, we have an invitation-only, members-only business meeting. So if you got your invite, you can come. And then at 5.30, we have um, the um, Content Creators Cafe. Then finally, on Thursday at 2.30, we have tips and tricks for, for nailing that job interview. And finally, an event that we sponsor with women at 4 p.m., we have So You Want to Be an Entrepreneur. And I hope that you will consider joining us for some or all of those presentations. So now that you have your writing implements, let me give you those all-important codes that you will need. And remember, I can only give them to you. Well, I'll do it twice at the you know at the beginning for the, and then you know I'll say it twice, but then I can't say it again. And then I'll give you your ending code. So your opening CEU code is as follows: four eight. Four, four, two. Once again, that is four eight four four two. Okay, I'm going to turn this um, presentation over to Pam Shaw. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome. Also, I want to join that crowd of welcoming you to this afternoon's Adventures in Coaching Workshop. And what we're going to be talking about is the hottest career. I'd like to say as we begin, we're going to open with a very interesting quote, and it's one of my favorites, and it helps to encourage me on my journey. And it simply says, our aspirations are our possibilities. And what that means is whatever we want to be, whatever we choose to be, we can and we do as people who are blind and people who our vision impaired, that we can really achieve our goals in life. Now, there are several things that we hope to accomplish as we talk this afternoon about what is coaching. I know that some of you here have some experience and knowledge, and others are new to all of this, so we hope to make it interesting for everyone. I hope that in this workshop, you'll be um, encouraged and you'll be inspired to take a good look at an exciting profession and decide whether or not you would you join. And if you're in it, wow, what a great opportunity to tune up and to consider some things. And as I'll be doing a presentation in part one, and then there'll be a part two where you're going to get to hear from some very, very successful coaches. And I'm excited to hear from them as well. You're going to be hearing some clicking as I go on the note taker and pray that it gets me to the right line where I want to be. So let's get started in talking about this this profession, this really what is a business, and what does it really mean to be part of it? You know, I'm thinking these days that a lot of people are changing their lives. 
Some did this pre-pandemic, but some did it as a result of it. And what we found is people began to look at who they are and what they are and where they are and said, I want to do something different. I want to be different. I want to live a life that is reflective of my passion and my love. And do you know that because of these days and times where we have a lot of, we have a lot of, I don't know, resources, and we have a lot of technology. We really do have the capacity to come together and talk about what it is we really want and what we want to do. So one of my first questions always when I started looking at coaching as a profession and coaching as a business, because it is business, what is this thing called coaching? I typed it in to a Google search, and I'll be honest with you, the number was so big that I could not count that many zeros. But what it said to me is there are a lot of people using the word coach, saying that they are a coach, and maybe they are, and maybe they're not. So we're going to start with what coaching truly is. Here's an interesting one. Coaching is a highly tuned and powerful process of communication and problem solving. The relationship between coach and client is called co-creative. That means that the coach and the client are on equal footing and they work together so that the person can achieve their desired goal. And you also want to remember that it is focused entirely entirely on the client's interest, challenges, and goals. If you've ever had a powerful conversation with somebody, and as a result, they transformed in, in some small or even significant way, you were probably using coaching skills, and you didn't even know it. Many individuals have the potential to be a coach, and becoming a successful coach does require a blend of authenticity, integrity, skills, and business savvy. It's truly a rewarding road to take. I'd like to reflect with you for a moment on each of those things that I just said were a blend, a required blend. Authenticity requires that as a coach, you are who you say you are. That as a coach, you bring a set of skills, but you also bring your own life experience. And you even can bring your dreams into the coaching relationship. In terms of integrity, you recognize that a coach is not there to have a client turn into a carbon copy of the coach, but better yet, to help that person be who they strive to be. And as anything, whether we approach this as a business, although many of us will talk about it as a profession, it's important to have good skills. Our clients are owed that. And that's a requirement. And then there's that thing called business savvy. Because in order to be successful as a coach, you have to know how to do business. I heard a saying the other day, and I want to share this one with you. The author is anonymous, but it says this. We are all angels with one wing, able to fly only when we embrace each other. And believe it or not, that's what happens with the coach and the client. The success is the result of the relationship. 
Now, you might say, well, that sounds all well and good, but what does it take to be a successful coach? Well, you have an advantage this afternoon because you're going to hear from some successful coaches, but just something I'd like to share with you. It's extremely challenging to be a good coach without experience, maturity, and acquired life skills of a journey already in progress. The best coaches are, in essence, guides along the path of life for those who wish to travel in a similar direction. One of the things you'll see about coaching is that there are all kinds of ways to coach, and there are all kinds of areas in coaching. We have a saying in coaching, niche and go rich. What that's really talking about, one decides on what population you really want to work with in terms of your business focus. But, of course, as a coach who owns their own business, you can coach anybody you want. I have a list of at least, I'm not going to read them to you, 50 different quote-unquote hot niches right now that people are basically pursuing. But I thought I'd share with you some of the ones that I have found rather amusing, but people really do coach in these areas. There's a woman, she coaches other women in how to marry a millionaire. Isn't that interesting? There's another person that I found. She coaches parents of young babies in how to get your child to sleep through the night. And any of you who parents out there know that if you've come across babies who do not sleep through the night and they're months and months old, that you could use some coaching in that area. Someone who comes alongside to help guide you on the path that you're going on. I must say, that I thank Ivy so much for being open-minded enough and for those the other groups that we're collaborating with to begin to talk about this, particularly uh, to those of us who are blind and those of us who have low vision, because there is a need for coaches like us. There's a need for coaches who can link arms with other blind people and help us to walk along the path of life. And while our sighted coaches are wonderful and I think they do a good job, I can tell you that I personally have areas in my life where I would love to hire a coach who is blind because I think that what I will get is a very different perspective. So that's just some thoughts about coaching. Now, I'll tell you also, here are some kind of basic things for you to think about along the way. And I'm going to talk to you about the five major things that should be part of how you think about what you do on this journey. The first one is that as as a coach, the way we like to say it is you coach from center, centering yourself and your coaching practice directly from your vision your authenticity, and your passion, getting grounded and also understanding the benefits of your coaching to your ideal client and offering one of the things you can do to do this is to offer sample sessions. Don't panic over that because in a minute I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how you can consider doing this and even earning well, I'm sorry. Yeah, earning while you're learning. Secondly, and I think this is very important. I'm going to. Come, I said this a minute ago, but I'm going to come back to it. You have to have impeccable b- 
business savvy. Establishing a sound foundation for your business. Building resources and networks and structure to support your practice. Setting fees and taking action with integrity. Making the shift in thinking like a self-employed practitioner. One of the things that is possible, there are a number of schools of coaching, and there's a number of individuals who teach other people how to be a coach. One of the beauties of coaching is because you're coaching from your center is you already come with skills and experience. And in a lot of the programs, they start you off, and in a few weeks, you are able, you have the skills to go out and begin to get paying clients. And what then happens is the fees that you're getting from the paying clients, you can use that money to pay for the cost of a coaching education. Second, you must use effective coaching tools. These are make use of the skills and developing tools for coaching. Some people like to talk about the, the art and the nuance of listening and asking questions. That's what a coach really does, listens and asks questions. And then responding to clients intuitively, intuitively, and strategizing, supporting, and moving your clients into action. Another important feature of coaching is that it is about taking action. And that's why coaching is known for getting results. Also, you got to become a client magnet. Do you know with the right skills and the right strategies, you'll have people coming to you saying, can I work with you? I'd love to pay you. I know who you are. And it's interesting because attracting clients should actually be fun and easy. Coaching, visibility, and building your credibility while earning income and showcasing your skills, what a great way to live. And you leverage your marketing, providing the high-touch approach and creating a referral system. You see, done the right way, coaching, frankly, is one of the easier practices to build. Another thing is you have to know how to do what we call masterful coaching sessions. One of the questions that comes up a lot is, what is the difference between coaching and therapy? And a lot of it has to do with the style of working with your client. As a therapist, what we generally did, because I did start as a therapist, um, and I was doing that before I turned into a coach, is the therapist is actually the one who makes the assessment who makes the diagnosis, who sets up the treatment plan, and is very, very much a major, major director in working with the clients. But as a coach, as I said earlier, we have a co-creative relationship where the client, frankly, even though we don't say it that way, but we let the client lead because that's how people get to where they want to go. So, again, this is an exciting profession. It's 
a lot of room. It's open. And we want to encourage you by knowing what's going on and how to be a coach, how to become a coach. Who could you coach? Ask yourself some questions. What am I passionate about? I can tell you that I have yet to come across a person who, once they state their passion, we can't show them an area in which they could coach because it's what people want. It's what they need. Let me be clear. There are people who need counseling. There are people who need therapy. But there are some other people who just want to be guided on that road to success, to abundance in life, and pure joy. You can start coaching at any time. It's not that. But it's just that I find that it tends to come for a lot of us in what some people call midlife. So I'm going to leave you with a quote as we prepare to shift into our panel with something that Oprah Winfrey said. She said, the best thing about getting older is that you can really begin to think about your calling, your passion. When I look into the future, it is so bright. It burns my eyes. That's from Oprah Winfrey. So I hope that this very, very brief overview about coaching has helped you in some way. And I'm sure that we'll have more times together and more opportunity for those of you who want to go deeper. So thank you very, very much. Now, if I got this right, I'm supposed to turn it over to Mika. It's either Mika or Peter. So, uh, good, good afternoon. My name is Peter Altschul. I am the program chair of the Employment Committee, and Pam has asked me to uh, moderate the panel that we have. It's a very interesting panel. And for the listeners uh, who are on the Zoom call, feel free to raise your hand at any time. We won't get to you immediately. We will get to you at some point uh, during the course of the next hour, a little less than an hour. So I'm not going to introduce the panelists. I'm going to ask them to do it themselves, but I'm going to ask them to do it in a certain way. So for each of the panelists, I'm going to say, imagine you're at a, uh, a cocktail party and people are moving around and uh, the following thing happens. I'm going to start with Artis. So Artis, uh, great to meet you. Uh, hope you're enjoying the party. What do you do? My name is Artis Bazin. And my company's name is Bazin Communication. I'm a business coach, speaker, and writer. And I coach people on a variety of topics. Mostly it's what is needed as an, an entrepreneur. So for new people, um, another area is setting goals. And that's my biggest clientele is people who work with me on an ongoing basis to set their goals for the future and timelines, etc. So, so you are you primarily work with entrepreneurs and try to help them figure out what it is they want to do and how to do it? Right. And, and I have people that are brand new all the way to people that have been in business for 35, 40 years. They just like the accountability part of coaching. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I, I see a person, uh, let's see, Satana Howry, are you there somewhere? I think I see you. Uh, can you tell me about the work you do? Hey, Peter. Thanks for asking. It's so great to be on this panel. I'm Satana, and I'm a voice actor, so I get to run my mouth and get paid for it. Um, my logo, if you see it on my website or my business cards or wherever, is my voice, your message, bullseye. So anyone who has something to say and needs a voice to say it out loud, um, you can hear me on the audio description of Netflix's Things Heard and Seen. Uh, if you are in the Tampa airport, I'm the one who will tell you where the next station is or where to get off and 
and go to find your rental car. Um, I do a lot of medical, technical, scientific narration. Um, and I coach, um, I sort of do next step strategic coaching for voice actors who need help moving forward in their business. So less on performance and more on marketing, um, their space, their mindset, where are they stuck and how can they move forward? So if I'm, here, if I'm hearing you correctly, you don't teach people communication skills or conflict skills. You essentially, as I get it, sort of help people who are interested in becoming voice actors or voice, uh, doing voiceover work, help them uh, do their job. Yes, I help them find where their bottlenecks are and what they need to do to get, to get moving forward and, and, and keep that business on track. Well, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the food. There's lots of it over there somewhere. I don't know where it is precisely, <laughs> but I'm sure you can uh, figure it out. Uh, Gabriel, I see you over there. Uh, tell me what you do. Hey, how are you, Peter? I'm great. Thanks, thanks. Well, I am happy to say um, that I am a vessel for discovery. I help people discover the power they have within and help them find that beacon that is hidden inside each one of us. So I do that and I love just seeing and witnessing the transformation and the effect that I bring to the table in others, in others' lives. So I'm confused. You help people discover, what did you say? I don't, uh, I, uh, that sounds a bit too agey for my comfort level. Can you be a little more specific about <laughs> how, how you do your work? Well, I do my work through, um, through a profession called coactive coaching. So it's a relationship in which we both are a team, me and my client. And uh, in the process, I help my client discover his or her or their inner inspiration, their inner beacon, because I know that every one of us have the answers for all of our questions from within. So I just, I'm just a vessel that helps you discover those questions that you've been asking yourself for probably many, many years or throughout your entire life. Okay. Uh, thank you, Gabrielle. Let's see. Pam, I, I, thought, I think I hear you talking over there. You were talking for a while about uh, something. So tell me about the work you do as a coach. Absolutely. Hi, Peter. Nice to see you here. I am a joy restoration coach. And what that means is that I help women to lead the joy-filled life by integrating their faith, their personal development, and their professional goals. So how does that work? Your faith, professional development, women, that sounds a bit too airy fairy to me how does that work for you how does a typical client work with with you well i'm sure it sounds that way to you but i can guarantee you women can hit that thing they can nail that kind of thinking but how it really works is generally women some women reach a point where they're not experiencing life filled with joy as they define it and so in order to help them get there, we go through a process of them taking a look at themselves with me as the coach so that they can say, these are my goals. This is my faith. This is what I believe in. This is what I need to develop personally to be who I want to be. And then I'll lead what we call the joy-filled life. Oh, okay. Right. That makes, makes some sense to me. So Pam, enjoy your... Uh uh, the food over there. I think there's some shrimp someplace over there. I hope you enjoy, uh, you enjoy and, and, that. And Peter, yeah. uh, where could you direct me to the bar? Uh, yes, it's uh, to your right, uh, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
It's where, where the where the crowd is. I'm um, on the way. You're on the way. Um, <laughs> but you may you may want to not go too fast because I may I may ask you another question uh, pretty pretty soon. So but but so while uh, so I want to ask um, uh, the next question, which has to do with how did you get started? You know, you, you you're doing this work. I I hear you're really successful. So Pam, how did you how did you get started? Peter, you're not going to believe this, but how I got started has to do with the fact that I had a coach. Ah. I wanted to come back um, home to Philadelphia. I didn't know where to go and what to do and what I was looking for when I got there. And I found a coach. And this person worked with me, stayed with me, gave me specific strategies. And one thing that a coach does, I was held accountable. And so that's what got me on the trail of coaching. I had a coach, and when I saw the value, I said, I'm going to do this too. Awesome. Well, enjoy your drink. Thank Gabriel, you. how did you get started? Well, first of all, let me tell uh, Pam if she can grab me a drink on her way back as well, please. <laughs> Uh, uh, Peter, um, I, I believe it or not, I got started the same way Pam did. I had a coach myself, and um, in the process of uh, being coached, I discovered that I have so many life experiences and uh, that I just have uh, overcome so many obstacles and uh, those those uh, struggles and those experiences have given me so much insight and so much experience that I was able to share um, my own life experience and put them to the service of others, make them uh, help them in their pro in their own uh, process of discovery and transformation. And not only that, uh, but I always kept hearing this uh, from many, many people, friends, family, colleagues, I always kept hearing um, that I am a good listener. And uh, I know I learned through the process of being coached myself that being a good listener is the first part. You cannot, and we don't practice judgment in the coaching business, but I, I, I am very, very sure that everyone here on the panel would agree with me that you cannot be a coach if you do not know how to listen. And listen goes far beyond from just using your ears. It's using your intuition, using your heart, and very importantly, using your own life experiences. Not to reflect your life experiences upon your, your clients, but more to guide yourself on how to uphold your client's agenda, how to uphold their goals, and how to see them as someone who is a whole and who is perfect and who has all the answers they need from within and they just need that companion that someone uh, by the name of a coach to hold their hands in discovering those inner questions and all those inner answers that they have and they have been have they they've had they've had for all their life and they just need that little extra tap to to come to those answers from within uh paging satana Paging Satana, uh, your 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 car, your uh, Uber is delayed. So oh yeah, that's that? okay because I'm over here at the dessert bar. Ah, this is good. <laughs> what, what 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 are you uh, what are you indulging in? Um, 
uh, uh, the chocolate mousse. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, of you, course, you, right? You can't do much better than that. So talk about how you got started. Um, I got started in voice acting and uh, I had thought about it for years and years and years. And I finally got started because I just decided I'm going to have somebody else do my demos. So I went for some coaching as well. There's an echo in the room. We all started with coaches. Um, <laughs> and I got my demos done by somebody else. And then I started uh, trying to get work. And I happened to hear a webinar by somebody who I really respected. And I just went, I'm going to hire this guy. This person's going to help me because they've already done this. And I am here with my training wheels on. And this guy's got the training wheels. He's been through the training wheels. I'm just going to give myself over to him and he's going to help me take these training wheels off. So that's what I did. I just went and got a coach and it was monumental. And then I started coaching myself when I went to a voice conference and on the shuttle from the airport to the hotel, there was a newbie in the shuttle with us. And she was asking me questions because I'd been doing it for a while and was successful at it. And I just started giving her all this information. And then I told her who I coached with and she went to that person. Mm. And I thought, wow, I just lost a client. (laughs) 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 Why didn't I just do this? So now uh, I do the coaching because I I have the information and the knowledge and experience. and, Mm -hmm. uh, And it's a ton of fun. Thank, thank you. Artists, uh, I, 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 I hope you're enjoying the shrimp. Uh, how did you get started? Okay. Mine was a little different than the others because I was in the business enterprise program, which is food service for uh, blind people, basically. And in that program, I was a manager and I was asked if I'd be willing to train other people into how to be a BEP manager. And so I started out in training. And then actually, I went back to college and got my BA and my master's in education. And then I decided that after all the years of experience with running businesses, why don't I start my own business? So I started my current business with speaking and writing and training. And then I've gotten so many people that asked for assistance in specific ways that I started offering business coaching. And my motto is make the impossible possible because so many business owners don't know what to do next and where to go or um, if they even want to get more successful. That would might mean hiring employees, getting other people to work with them. So I started out with you know setting goals with people and letting them tell me their thoughts and dreams and help working out with them how to set the goals. You know, what six goals do I want to accomplish? How soon do I want to get there? And helping them walk through the step-by-step of what it takes to improve their business. And then, of course, along the way, I give them hints. Well, have you tried this and have you tried that? And then they build that into their timeline. And most of them have found it so helpful to have that timeline and the accountability because nobody follows up to say, well, hey, have you reached that goal? Where are you doing? You know, it's easy to, I know personally, I have this issue sometimes. I say, oh, I'm going to do that. But if I don't have anybody I told that goal to, it's so easy to push push it off a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so many of my customers have just really found that to be so helpful. So I have a question for, for any of you who want to answer this question. You, you've sort of talked about how you got started. Did any of you um, get any education beyond the fact that you were coached? Anybody wants to take that question? 
Did you did you get a license? Did you go through a course? Did you? Do I can. Oh, yeah, please. Sorry. Yeah, I can answer that question. Um, I did get a license um, when I, you know, decided that I was I was doing this uh, just naturally, quite naturally. That's that's the first key. And and, and I'm gonna answer your question in a, in a second, uh, Peter. I'm, I'm just gonna tell you, many of us, and I, and I invite any of our uh, other, my very dear panelists co-panelists to to chime in if they if they feel the same i feel that many of us who started in this uh coaching business were already coaching people without knowing uh because it's so part of us it's so uh, within our nature within our instinct to although i was doing it in the wrong way because i was before i went through training and this is where i'm gonna answer your question i was doing it thinking that i needed to fix problems i became a fixer for everyone and i had my own agenda and i thought i knew what was best for you and for my cousin and for my friend um so that's when i decided to go to training and i did um my coursework with coaches training institute so um i did um i'm i'm have my first license and I'm working towards my international certification also with coaches training institute or CTI. And, um, now I, now I know I, I still follow my passion and my intuition when it comes to coaching, but I do it with the right tools and, uh, uh understanding that people do not need fixing. Uh, people are naturally creative, resourceful and whole, and they, do not need fixing and uh, the other thing is that sometimes when we do it without the training uh, or at least i did it before i had the training i focused more on coaching the goal or coaching the issue that the person quote unquote issue the person was bringing to the table and then i learned through training that we coach the person as a whole and the goals just fall into place and um that's a whole nother topic uh, but i'm i'm gonna stop right there <laughs> basically the short okay, answer yeah. is yes, yes. <laughs> so uh, i agree i also oh, oh, uh, uh artists go ahead i i do ongoing training i do ceus with a couple of um, networking organizations i take classes i go to their annual leadership seminars i do if they have um training throughout the year i do those classes uh, I actually got an additional certificate a couple of years ago, uh, be um, an MBA certificate uh, through uh, one of those organizations. And I think as a coach, I'm going to be better if I keep up with the trends in business. If I just use the same old information that I've learned myself through business, it's not going to build people up if I don't keep up with the trends. Pam, did you get your drink? <laughs> oh, did I ever? <laughs> ah, this, this is good. <laughs> and Grant Gabe's too. So. <laughs> I was going to um, ask, where's yeah. mine? <laughs> yeah, that's right. You were supposed to get Gabriel his drink. Uh, Pam, uh, did you want to say something about that? I think. You yeah, did. you know, I, I think that Gabriel and, Bo and artists as well make a very, very good point. And it goes back to something to help you, and meaning to all of us who are listening today as we think about being coaches, is that in many cases, you're already doing it, and you're doing it naturally, and people are coming to you, and so that desire to do it the right way, because that's what I did. I went to school, too. I went to Coach Training Alliance, and um, still do, like Artis said, continuing education, because sometimes your practice will change, and you may want to bring on a new 
skill set to enhance what you already do. So I think that's very consistent with what we found that, um, you know, when it's your passion, it's going to show. Thank you, Pam. Uh, Mika, are there, any, are there any hands raised? Yes, there are. Let's uh, take a question or two, please. Okay. Lynn, you can unmute. Hello, panelists. This is a great panel. And I totally agree that everybody's a natural coach. I do it all the time. And I've done training and I've had a coach and I've done all that stuff. I just haven't gotten myself off the ground with this. But I'm even doing it in my PhD program. You know, I've got two people together who were in the same stage in their dissertation process. And one of the people was so happy I did that for her. But, um, you know, this is what I do. I help, try to help people as much as I can. And it's really about empathy. How does empathy help in, uh, in, in moving people forward in their, in their coaching? And I really think it's up to the um, coaching partner, as, as I would think of it, the person who you're trying to help and assist with, with their goals. So that's the question I have. Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Lynn. And while we're, uh, let me follow up with, with an additional question. What is empathy? When you think about the term empathy, so is empathy important? And what is empathy? So anybody want to take a run at that? Well, in between mouthfuls of uh, chocolate mousse or something? <laughs> yes. Can, can, this is Satana. Can yeah. you mind if I jump in here? Yeah, please do. Um, when I talk about my coaching, I talk about having the skis. I got the skis. So what I ha- bring to the table is that I'm going to help you with strategy. Right. And that strategy is going to come from knowledge that I have. And that knowledge isn't just about reading the books and watching the videos and taking the training. That knowledge comes from my personal experience. So been there, done that, have the entire outfit. And that's to me where the empathy comes in. Right. Like when you're stuck and you're struggling, I totally get it. (laughs) You know, I've been there. I want to relate that. And, And the last part of the skis for me is service. I am in service to my clients, and I can't do that without having empathy for where they're coming from and where they're going, and that it's hard. It's hard to get out of our own patterns. It's hard to get out of our own way, and as much as accountability is a big part of coaching, that empathy is huge because I want to connect with that 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 fear or whatever it is, the guilt of, you know, you come back and in a coaching session and somebody hasn't finished their goal and they feel they feel guilty about it or whatever they're experiencing, right? Just to be there for them and to be that sounding board. And I think that without empathy, I I can't do that as easily, you know? So that's huge. That's that's part of that authenticity and that connection. And it's integral to the whole coaching piece. I think I see a, a thing of canapes being passed around. You might want to grab one. Uh, <laughs> Latana, um, I, um, I totally artists. agree. Yeah. Sure. Um, empathy is needed because we need to understand where they're coming from and where they want to go. The only issue I have with empathy is sometimes I have too much of it. I want to help everybody. And so I do always offer a free session for 30 minutes with someone for the first time and in order to evaluate them to find if we're going to be a good fit, but also to understand where they're going to. But sometimes I get people calling me several times, and this is particularly for true for someone that wants to start a business. And it's really difficult for me to say, I'm sorry, I cannot assist you anymore unless you're willing to pay me yeah. as a client. And I find that a problem because I do empathize. <laughs> it is difficult to start a business. Mm-hmm. Sure, 
Sure. <laughs> um, does anybody have something else they want to add to that? Yeah, I, I wanted to, uh, this is Gabe. I just wanted to echo um, what artists just said. Um, it, it's, it's very important to also keep um, your empathy in check while you are in the process of coaching because sometimes uh, definitely empathy, I agree 100%, needs to be an, a, an, a substantial part of the coaching relationship. However, you need to keep it in check. You don't want to practice so much empathy that you take over too much. Mm -hmm. You need to uphold the client and uphold their own agenda and make sure that they are the center of the coaching session always. So, you know, just be mindful that empathy comes uh, very, very handy. And it's also very, very important to have, like Sotana was saying, those life experiences to back up the empathy, but always making sure that you keep constantly reminding yourself as a coach that the central part, the integral part and the agenda that is that is being valued in the coaching relationship is the client, not your own. Okay. Uh, any other hands raised, Mika? Yes. Let's take Mo, you should be able to unmute. Hi, guys. Am I unmuted? Hi. Yeah, you, you are. are. I, I, you I've are. never done this on the computer before. I know webinar, so. You're, you're doing great. Um, I, I'm here partially for myself and partially on the behalf of a ACB Next Generation, and we are looking at starting a mentorship, and I think mentorship and coaching go hand in hand together. And I know a lot of you mentioned that you yourselves were coached before you started your own coaching. I was just curious, how did you find that original coach that helped you get started? Anybody take a run at that between drinks? <laughs> uh, this is Pam. There are a number of ways to find coaches. Um, obviously, I know people, and I've done this before when I looked for a certain type of coach to use in internet search, but there are directories, there are networks, there's an organization called um, International Coaches Federation, ICF, uh, that has listings. And also, um, when I went to school, we have an alumni directory, and that tells us what people or you know, kinds of things they're doing who've been trained like us. But I will tell you this. Another thing is, frankly, ask around because um, word of mouth. I've gotten some referrals just because of word of mouth. Um, anybody else want to react to that? And I think her question was, how did you find your coach? Well, my, my coach, the, the original coach that I had, okay, believe it or not, I found in the newspaper because I was looking for a job. And this thing came up, this ad. And I researched it and went further. And that's how I got my very, very first coach. Okay, that's great. Anybody else want to respond to that? I got my first, uh, it wasn't really a coach. It was a person in the same industry. And I asked them questions about where to go forward, what to do next, etc. And so they acted like a coach, even though that wasn't their field. They were just in management and understood the process. And so when I had I was probably more like a business consultant and asking them the way to do things. And I learned a lot from them, which has helped me help other people. I'd like to ask a question um, before we uh, address other questions, if, uh, hands raised, which is uh, how does your visual impairment uh, tie into your coaching? Uh, let's see. Uh, who is available uh, who doesn't have a chocolate eclair in their mouth or something? <laughs> 
Are you all eating? So well, you suggesting that I ate no, no, all no. the chocolate mousse. Beer? All chocolate I know. Mousse. Okay. <laughs> so Tana, why don't you talk about how your visual impairment ties into your coaching? Um, most of the time, I don't feel like my visual impairment ties into my coaching. I think it ties into my coaching in the sense that, for just as a point of information, I don't have any sight at all. Okay. And so I do all my voice work uh, reading from Braille displays. People know I can't see. I don't directly hide it. If you Google me, you can easily see it. Um, so people in the industry like who know me know. I would say most of my, my voiceover clients don't necessarily know, but people... Uh, within Facebook groups and you know at conferences and stuff like that, they all all know because I'm you know right there and they can see me or I'm on Zoom or they've Googled me or something. I've made a comment in a Facebook group. I find actually maybe it ties in in the sense that sighted people have that inspirational sensation, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't. I feel like there's not a whole lot I can do about that. Um, where I think it does tie in is that actually. It comes back to a challenge. I find that it's blind people who don't value what I bring to the table. I see people who are blind going to sighted coaches and sighted coaches. And by the time they get to me, they claim they've got no money, but they were happy to go pay a sighted <laughs> coach $150, $175 an hour. They went to a voicemail and paid, you know, three to $6,000 to have, you know, and they're looking at me like, wow, your rates are ridiculous. I'm, I'm all, you know, no money blind me. And so I, uh, that kind of ties in. Side of people don't don't have any problem with it. <laughs> That's fascinating. I totally agree. I totally agree with Satana. I have the same issue. The people that call me time after time after time and want free advice yes. are uh, mm -hmm. generally blind people. Yep. I d I've never had a sighted person call me several times and want advice. They've called me too ask for a coaching session and ask me how much I charge, but they don't um, generally. Um, most of the free sessions I give are not to sighted people. And uh, I would say 99% of my customers are sighted people. Yes. But I do belong to a couple networking groups who really push referrals. And, you know, that um, helps me get more sighted clients. And I did have to belong to a for a long time before I got my first referral. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes sighted people aren't sure how good you do, but once they see you get involved, they see you with your note taker, they see you taking notes, they see you volunteering to help the organization. And I've gotten a lot of my customers by volunteering first, and then they see what I can do, and then they come on board and take my services. Thanks, Artis. Any other any other response to Gabriel? Yeah, sure. This is oh, Pam. One of the things one of the things that I have found, to be honest with you, is it happens to me with blind and sighted people. Uh, for me, it's just more of a personality trait issue. And one of the things in working with one of my coaches that she had to do was show me how to make that offer and end the conversation so that the person was clear. And if they happened to call again to how to handle it in a way that um, is polite, but also very, very direct about what the relationship um, really looks like. Now, for me, all, and I don't know if it's true with everybody else here, but all my coaching is done by phone. I do no in-person coaching. Right. So what people know of me is, is the experience. And sometimes they may know from the beginning that I am, and they may not. So it just all depends. 
Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Gabriel? Yeah, the um, I, I agree with Pam. The majority of coaching happens, in my case as well, uh, through either Zoom um, or over the phone. However, at the beginning, I felt intimidated because there is a lot uh, of um, emphasis placed on nonverbal cues, visual cues that your client is giving you. But that is easily overcome uh, when you're when you get that to to create that rapport with the client, and the client understands that even that because you don't have the sighted or the visual distractions, you pay more attention to the words you pay more attention you're a better listener so they look at look at that as an asset that you are a better listener and the other thing that i had to kind of train myself and i still work every day on that is um there's moments of silence where for example if we're on a video call there's moments of silence where sometimes uh, at the beginning I felt awkward and I wanted to say something and I had to learn to ride with those moments because a moment of silence in during a coaching session can have equal or even more value than the actual words because it's a moment in which the, either the transformation is happening in your client or everything is sinking in. So I, I just learned to kind of just let it go and not try to fill up space, even though I'm not seeing the client's reactions in their faces. But I know that the moment of silence is probably necessary for, for something else to happen. Thank you, all of you. Uh, Mika, are there any hands raised? There are a lot of hands raised. Oh, okay. So let's you- let's... Just let me know when you're ready to stop, okay? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, Dr. Morrow, you can unmute yourself. I'm a foreign language uh, translator and a certified Braille proofreader working out of Kansas City. So this is especially, uh, this is a wonderful seminar for me. Um, I was wondering about certifications because, uh, you know, I mean, any can just jump into the ring and say it happened. Oh, I'm a life coach. Oh, I'm a whatever coach. How do you gain your credibility with your client? And then also, you do gain that credibility. What are your fees that you can charge, like, say, for uh, life coaching or, uh, I, I uh, you know, coaching parents of blind children? Like, and how do you get your credibility and what credentials do you have to acquire? Dr. Morrow, I'm sorry, you're fading in and out, but I think we got your basic question, which is, uh, how do you, uh, what do you charge and uh, how do you, you know, how do you, what, what about certification? Right. How do you establish your credibility? Yeah, your credibility. So who wants to take a run at either of those questions? That's, that's a lot. Who wants to take a run between uh, bites of uh, apple tart or something? Oh, how can we all possibly be quiet on this one? I know. <laughs> Silence. I'm trying to keep my mouth shut because I tend to jump in. And then- <laughs> me too. That's me, me too. Satana, so okay, why don't you go ahead and uh, respond? Okay, I- I'm not going to be the anti-education person here because I have definitely taken coaching classes and seminars and things like that. I don't have a certificate for coaching specifically, but I will say this. There are jobs in which you can, and Pam alluded to this earlier, you can earn while you learn. Um, If you've been doing this for a long time, this foreign language stuff, this braille proofreading, whatever it is that you're going to coach, you've been doing it a long time. You you have experience. Um, So go get the certification uh, because education and, and personal growth and your own learning and your own evolving thing is really, really important and great. 
but don't let that kind of thing stop you in voice acting this is a big thing this stops people people are like i have to have the perfect performance i must be able to speak the copy from the page absolutely perfectly and have the perfect demo and have the perfect before I... and they get busy training and training and training and training and training and training and they never get out of that training space and into the workspace in terms of what I have for me, um, I'm an award-winning voice talent. I have been doing this for nine years. Uh, I talk openly about the fact that when I started, um, my husband was the primary moneymaker in our house, and now we have completely flipped the script over, and I'm the primary moneymaker. And I say that because I'm a woman, and I say that because I am blind, and I want women, and I want people who are blind to understand that this entrepreneurial thing is real and exciting and great. And it sounds like I have a big ego when I say it, but I say it to prove that, yes, it can be done, and I'm an example of it, and you can be too. So, you know, use your experience of whatever it is you're trying to showcase and showcase how that experience translates into what it is that you want to coach uh, others in. Um, in terms of fees, mine are high. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing 50 bucks an hour here. Um, I don't have any problem saying I, I'm $125 per hour. You can buy packages with me that will lower it down. But I, I, part of the reason I do that is because part of what I want out of my ideal clients is commitment. Yeah. And if you're not willing to pay the price, you know, voice acting is a business. I am a voice actor, but the way that I, that I talk about myself to myself is that what I really am is a small business owner whose business happens to be voice acting and some coaching. Um, so if you're, you know, it's really easy to have fun reading the copy. It's a little less fun doing the administration and doing the business piece of it. But if you're not committed to the whole enchilada, then I'm not really interested in working with you. So that's, that's part of the equal footing is that as a coach, I get to decide about who my ideal client is. So I kind of tackled a little bit of both pieces of your question. So he, here, here is my problem. And I'm talking to the panel uh, as a facilitator. We apparently have lots of questions and there, I know all of us want to say things. So the question I'm going to ask is for the other three, is there anything that you want to add to what Satana said? Uh, just one thing, Peter, this is Pam. It's very yep. important uh, to kind of look at your ideal client in terms of what that particular target population can handle. So if you go to do executive coaching and that coach, I'm sorry, that potential client makes $250,000 a year and you offer them a $50 deal. They will not hire you because you're too yeah. cheap. So you exactly. have to get a sense of your market and what that market can handle. And that's a good way to begin the process of pricing. That's great, Pam. Thank you so much. Next question. I offer uh, discounts, too. I offer discounts, to If I'm a specific membership group, then in that membership group, I'll say my fees are $120 an hour, but I'll offer discounts to that particular group. Thank you, artists. Next question, Mika. Melissa, you can unmute. Hi there. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, this is this is Melissa Hudson from Berrien, Washington, and I have a question. Hi, Hi there, now, Pam. I met you yesterday, and it's wonderful yeah. to see you again. Um, but I have a question specifically for Satana. Um, Satana, I uh, am not a quote unquote voice actor, but I do. I have done stage acting. I also do public speaking. 
um, and things of that nature. And when Peter asked the question about what type of coaching do you do, I guess I'm a little confused about exactly what you do. So could you please expound upon that a little bit, please? Uh, so the coaching I do um, for voice actors is you're going to be behind a mic. So you need three basic things going for you. You need A, to be able to read the copy off the page. Because as much as improv is a great skill to have, in most cases, somebody's handing you a script. You're not making up the words. So we've all had the experience of listening to somebody give us a chemistry test who couldn't pronounce the words <laughs> and who really, you know, they were picked from down the hall because they were available to read to the, the blind person, but they really had no business reading the copy, right? People know what I'm talking about here? Yep. Uh -huh. So you need to be able to fluently and easily lift that copy from the page and give it some life and do that in multiple ways. So maybe you read the copy like this, or maybe you read the copy like this. And if I give you some direction, you're going to be able to change how you do that and show some range in putting that together. Secondly, you need a space to do it in. So, you know, doing voiceover in a gymnasium, not so great because you got a whole bunch of echo, right? So you need a space that's relatively quiet. You need to have the equipment to manage it. And that goes to the third thing, which is that you need to be able to know how to record and edit yourself. So a digital audio workstation like Reaper or something like that, you need to know how to put all that together, the differences between waves and MP3 files, things like that. And then once you've got those three basic things, then it's okay, well, where do you want to go? Do you want to do audiobooks? Do you want to do audio description? Do you want to do explainer videos? Are you looking to do medical, uh, you know, technical scientific? Do you know, are you looking at animation video games? So who are you going to market to? How are you going to market? Do you already have a social media presence? And, you know, is that something you're excited about having or do you hate social media <laughs> or, you know, like, so I talk a lot about, you know, how much money have you got? What are your resources currently? How can we get you in a path to actually getting the next gig so that you can start making money so that then you can put that money back into your business or do whatever to grow the things that you need to grow with the resources that you've got? Thank Does that help so answer your question? Mm -hmm. oh, she's muted. Oh, she got Thank you, again. Satana. Okay. <laughs> that, I, it answered my question. That was fabulous. Uh, who's Thank next, you. Mika? Okay, Don. Um, unmuting. Should I break in and say we have a little bit over fifteen minutes, just to, as a time check? Uh, I'm. A, I thank you for that. That's very helpful. Okay. Uh, who's next? I'm sorry. Don, you should be able to unmute. Okay. Hi. I'm finding this fascinating. I've explored coaching with a few. We're supposed to call them participants now. I still call them clients. But anyway, I've explored it with a few people, one of whom may have entered it. She moved, but I'm hoping that she did. But one of the problems that I run into is, particularly with people who are new to vision loss, um, they go through a period, or not everyone, obviously, but a lot of people go through a period where they all want to be do something in the human services. It's a very, very hard thing to address sometimes because what they're reacting to is the power of the experience that they're going through. So in a way, it's a compliment to all of us in the human services. But have you found any tool to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff or not for you to do it, but to help people explore that in a safe way that still allows them to decide, like, 
is coaching something that's in my blood or am I just reacting to my own need that may not have to do with my, with my ability to help another person get there? I don't know if I'm clear, but. Let, let, let me, let me, let me try Don and see if this works uh, for you. Uh, how do you know, or how can you support people in figuring out if coaching is not for you? Yeah, that'll work. Okay. Uh, anybody want to check a run at that? From yeah, the, I think from the it, was, it was. It was a. <laughs> it was a. That's a very good question, Don, because it is true. I I think that more than the actual process of losing sight or uh, becoming blind, uh, I think more is the fact that uh, you definitely need to have a desire to help people. Um, you definitely need to have that desire to make the difference, to add value in other person's life. Uh, if that's not your thing, then definitely uh, coaching is not for you. Um, the other thing is that uh, fortunately and unfortunately, uh, Don, you are right, um, losing sight or being blind plays an important role in um, many of us coaches. Uh, and I speak for myself, uh, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm on, on the right track with, with our my co-panelists um, because you need that personal experience, those life experiences to back up that, you know, to hold your client's hand in the coaching process. So wanted or not, some of the major experiences that we in the blind community encounter in life come from the fact that we are blind. So the importance is to always keep in mind that even though you're using your life experience as a blind or visually impaired person to provide a human service, you are not trying to be a mirror for that person. You are upholding, and I, and I, and I can't emphasize it enough, you are always upholding the other person's, your client's agenda, their values, their goals, their aspirations, not your own. Your life experiences as a blind person can come in handy to understand many of the things and many of the situations that come in a coaching session, but you do not use them as if they are absolute truth or they are the truth for the other person. And like I said, you know, if, if ultimately, if you don't have the desire to help people, whether blind or sighted, um, then definitely coaching is not for you. Thank you, Gabe. Mm. Any other response reactions from the bar? Uh, just Pam with a real quick one. Um, I think to remember that as a coach, I am not there to tell my client that I really don't think you're a coach and you're going to make a good one, a bad one. It is more of so of asking the question, listening to the response, asking the question, because I tell you one thing I found that if you do that right, they will come to the conclusion in the way that works best for them mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I thought I want to be a coach, but from thinking it over, this is what I really want to do. Mm -hmm. I think that's very wise, Pam. Uh, and Satana, if I can add one other quick yeah. thing, the, um, for me that we talked about empathy earlier and Gabe kind of alluded to this, but I will say it's, it's, for me, it's about, uh, a healthy dose of empathy coupled with a healthy dose of reality. Mm -hmm. If you, in my industry, if you want to quit your day job and you want to do this full time, you know, you're going to have to put in the work and the resources mm -hmm. and I can give you a lot of information about what those resources are and I can point you in the direction of where to find out more so that you can, you know, come to those conclusions. But it is really 
uh, it, it is not about, uh, it, yes, it's about upholding, but it's not about, um, you know, tiptoeing around mm. where somebody's at and, and, and not giving them the whole picture. I, that, that's my viewpoint. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Uh, thank you, Don. Uh, next question, please, Mika. Uh, Dr. Martin, you can unmute. Hello. Um, I, my, I, my basic question is about marketing. Um, I was uh, the doctor of trainers. I was a, a, well, I still am a neuropsychologist, but um, a, until recently I lived in another state where we were highly restricted. And what anybody who called themselves a psychologist of any kind was allowed to do as far as advertising. And if we didn't do what they what they was in their limits, we were being on a... So, and we didn't want the board after us because they depended on their mood as to how you got how they responded to somebody complaining. <clears throat> so, I I really what is it, what is a good resource to look into for marketing? I understand things like word of mouth, etc., mm -hmm. but I just I don't have much background in that. Who wants to take a run at that one? Marketing. Um, this is Pam. I guess I will. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, two things to think about um, in marketing, and, it's, and, and you're very, very right, because that's one of the things we talk about, too, is that a lot of people call themselves coaches and what are they really and that kind of thing. And there's two, several schools of thought. One is that um, some coaches teach don't call yourself a coach. They will give, for example, when I was uh, doing primarily with um, blind clients working in career development, that's what I called myself, a career development specialist, but I actually was a trained coach. So you want to be very careful in how you hold yourself out. Coaching the title and coaching the practice is not regulated at this point. I will tell you there is some effort in Oregon to define coaching as an alternative therapy, and therefore it could be subject to regulation. But right now, it is not. But I think the important thing is there ought to be truth and integrity in marketing so that you don't call yourself something you're not and then mislead people in terms of what to expect from you. Thank you, Pam. Anybody else want to take a mark, uh, crack at the marketing question? Sure. Yeah, I, mostly, I usually mostly get most of my customers word of mouth through the organizations in which I participate. And if I do put an ad out there about coaching to someone in an area where people would not know me, I do mention my, you know, different degrees um, so that they know I have some, you know, background. And I tell the number of years I've been in it. Uh, and that, you know, helps uh, them understand that, you know, you have a, a history um, as a business coach or business consultant. And I think that helps with marketing too. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Any other comments from the panel? All right. Some people may hate social media, but um, it, it is a really powerful thing. And even if you just put yourself out there and start to tell your story, yeah. uh, voice acting is the thing that I do primarily. Coaching is sort of a side thing that I do when people come to me by word of mouth or something. I don't actively market it, but I did just recently start a YouTube channel and uh, it's so new that there's a single video with no visual art or anything on it. It's like barely there, but it's a lot of fun and it's a way to be recent and, you know, you can just do it consistently and it just sort of builds like a snowball on its own. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Uh, we're last call for the panelists and everybody else. You better get your drink and your chocolate eclairs and uh, whatever, because we're running toward the end. Uh, next question, please, Mika. 
Okay, Sue Allen, you can unmute. I just want to let you know that you have six minutes, Peter. That's about what I have. Okay, thank you, Sue Ellen. Sue Ellen? Um, let's see. Okay, I think I got it. Yeah, you did. <laughs> hey, um, how, what's the best way to determine what you need in a coach? Is there really, I mean, I listened to a couple of, a couple of different, you know, concepts of, you know, what people uh, offer in coaching. How do you determine what it is exactly you need? What's going to be the best fit? Good, good question. Anybody take a run at that one? What okay, you- I'll, I'll be, I'll be brave and I'll go for <laughs> it. It is a very good okay. question. It is. It, it is, is a very good question. And it I'm going to echo Pam's. Um, um, first of all, a good coach will ask many questions because curiosity is one of the primary sources of information. And uh, basically the way, uh, you know, and, and I'm going to, and I'm going to take my coaching hat right now off and I'm going to put my client hat on when I was a coach um, is basically from the questions that your coach is asking you or your potential coach is asking you, you need to come to many realizations on your own. So once you hear yourself answering those questions and you hear something click, you feel something click inside you and you feel a transformation happen and you get that aha moment from the questions your coach is asking you, that is a coach that has great potential for you to work with them. Let me ask the question a slightly different way. When you're looking- They also ask, give people an opportunity to have a half hour free session that way I can tell them whether or not I would be the coach they should work with. If they, um, you know, if I ask them enough questions and find out what they're interested, I can say, well, I'm sorry, I'm not that kind of a coach. I work in these realms instead. Let me, let me frame the question a little differently. Uh, let's pretend that I am looking for a coach. Uh, and I, I, I know I need some guidance on uh, the way I address conflict. Uh, and so I, uh, how, how do I start doing the research to find a, a coach who might be able to help me address conflict? Well, Peter, you know, one of the things I would say is that when you know that area that you were searching in, you can search for coaches who specialize in that mm-hmm. because you may have to go through several sample sessions or experiences until you really get to that right person. But always remember, in the coaching relationship, it's not like looking for a doctor where you expect someone to kind of diagnose you. You and that coach will be building that relationship together. And if you have a sense that that person does not hear you, and you're not finding that kind of clicking, if you will, with that person, that's not the person for you. And also, I'm going to give you another one that sounds kind of trite, but it's the truth. If you can't afford that coach, don't sign up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Okay, I think we have time for one more question. This really is the last call. Mika? Okay. Eric 715, if you can unmute. I, I'm wondering if I can, and the name of your business is 
Did anybody? I, I'm, yes, I have, they're I, wanting to know if you can, if you um, mm-hmm. guys could repeat your business names one more time so that they like have an idea. Contact of what kind of information was that for contact mm-hmm. information? That sounded like that kind of question. Yeah, it was, so, yeah. in business, yes. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Mika. So, uh, can we do that very quickly? Then that's a good way to close, actually. So, Pam. Okay, you can reach me at Pam Shaw Coaching at gmail dot com. So that's P A M. S-H-A-W-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G at gmail.com. And Artis is A-Bazin, that's B-A-Z-Y-N, at Bazin, B-A-Z-Y-N, communications.com. And that's plural, communications. Communications. Okay. Uh, The other two... uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Go ahead, okay. Gabe. I'll go. So my email address is Lopez Cafati. That's L-O-P-E-Z-K-A-F as in Frank, A-T-I at gmail.com or visit my website, beyourbeacon.com. That's beyourbeacon.com. All right. And uh, send Santana. And you can reach me at info, I-N-F-O, at satana.com. And that is S. A-T-A-U-N-A. And that's also my website, S-A-T-A-U-N-A.com. Thank you, a panel. You've been terrific. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all the wonderful questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. And I think, Carla, would you give the concluding numbers, yes. please? Can you, can you all hear me? Yes. First of all, um, while you're getting your writing implements, if you want to learn more about Ivy, you can visit our website, which is ivie-acb.org. That's ivie-acb.org. So I'm going to give you the closing code, and I want to thank you all. And Peter, somebody ate all the chocolate mousse, and I'm mad. <laughs> well, sorry <laughs> about that. That was very clever how you did that. And I just want to thank all of you and um, wish you all the best. And um, so here is your closing code. It is as follows, and I shall repeat it slowly, but only twice. It is two, two, three. One seven. One more time. That is two, two, three, one seven. So I hope you all got that. And I, again, I want to thank you all, and I want to wish you a really great um, rest of the week. Um, how much time are we out? Completely? Yeah, we're over. We're, we're, we're over. over. Okay, we're over. So <laughs> we'll see you thank, all. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye.